Uh, well, happy Independence Day weekend. I want to talk to you just for a moment because I think the Lord has given me a pastoral message for just a moment. Then we're going to get into the message, but a pastoral message because my heart's troubled with just everything that's going on in America. You know, we have, we, we're so divided and I don't think we, we need to be. Uh, we've got a lot of certain things going on, and from a pastoral standpoint, uh, it's always been our goal to try to reach all different type of people group, have some empathy for all different types of people groups, sympathy for all different types of people group, to maybe if we even can't understand to try to get to know, ask the right questions. And, you know, in America, there's, you know, there's right, there's left, there's red, there's blue, there's in, there's out, there's rich or poor, there's privilege and non-privilege, there's just all types of people group. And as a church, I think we need to try to minister to all types of groups. And so, uh, you know, my, my, kind of my thinking here, and I'm just, I want to think with you for a second, is the only way that we can go through this thing together is if we take a deep breath and then walk through it with humility. I think God calls us to be humble in these times. And I think the scripture is fairly clear that if you have a case or a point to make, you don't really have to defend yourself. God will defend you for you, okay? He, he'll back you up. And so I'm not either right nor left. I'm up. <laughs> I want to be up towards Jesus, right? And... And I'm not red or blue, I'm purple because that's the color of the king. And, and here's, what, here's what Samuel was told to by God. I, here's God. I don't think naming kings is such a great idea because they will steal your land, make you pay taxes, and send your children off to war. Now, this is, this is, now, we have a culture of kings, and you could be presidents or prime ministers and all those things. And I'm not, so I, I pray for our president every single day. Every president that, that I, so I've started voting in 1980. When I, was, when I became 18, I was able to vote. And I've, I've voted for every president from all the way back to 1980. Some of my people, my votes got in. Some of my votes didn't. But I prayed for the person that got in. It's my responsibility to vote. And it's my obligation to pray. Amen. Are you with me? So I think in humility, we have to stop pointing fingers. Uh, well, this guy does that, or that guy does that, or this guy does that. And, and, and we, have, we have to, uh, because here's the deal. I, here's what I feel in my spirit. The world is looking for somebody, and the church has to stop acting like the world at some point in time. The church has to come around and start acting like the vessel that's full of the Holy Spirit power that God's given us so that we can actually be leaders. In, in this, in, and, not, and not finger pointers or not you know, dictators or not judgmental people, but saying, listen, we're going to lead with humility. We're going to lead with love. We're going to lead with the Holy Spirit fire. Amen? Because here's the deal. So uh, God's promise was Jesus, Right? Genesis, third chapter. God's promise was Jesus. Jesus' promise in Acts, the first chapter, was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is then allowed to empower the church. So we have God, right? We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the church. Then coming out of the church, we're supposed to act in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? 
so that we can lead people to Jesus so that he can bring them back to God. So we have God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, church, Holy Spirit, Jesus, God. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, church, Holy Spirit, Jesus, God. It, it works this way so the church is right in the middle by God's choice so that we understand who we are in Christ. If we can get that part and walk in humility, okay? Are you with me? Like you can be humble and bold at the same time. Humility, so weak, meekness is not a sign of weakness, right? Meekness is simply saying, God, this, this is on you, this is yours. So in America today, where we're kind of at a crossroads of like, man, what's it, a pandemic and, you know, just the racial climate and uh, border wars and different, like what's going on? It's really time for the church of Christ in America to step forward and say, hey, let's follow Jesus. He'll show us the way. Even if we don't know the way, Jesus will show us the way. Amen? So, so what I want to talk to you today about is what, what was it that Jesus had that will show us how to do things the way we're supposed to do? Because here's the thing, and this is what we don't always remember. This is what we don't always, you know, like we, we don't take, we don't put much thought into it, but like... <laughs> I don't know if they had shoelaces back then, but if they did, Jesus had to learn how to tie his shoes. Like he had, he had to learn two plus two is four. He had to learn how to obey his, his mother and father. He, he, had to, he had to be potty trained. We don't, like, we don't like to think that part of Jesus, do we? It's like, ah, oh, well, Jesus is all God, all man. Well, he was, he was all boy when he was growing up. And I love one of Janie's favorite parts of the of the passion is that when Mary's you know that's kind of implied, just put it, but but the, Jesus is making a table and Jesus is is playing outside and and it's like implied. But we we kind of like snap our fingers and all of a sudden Jesus is thirty and he's ready for ministry and then we we do that. We also expect other people to act that way when they get when they become Christ followers. We can't snap their fingers and say, okay, now, thus saith the Lord, you are a mature Christian. Because trust me, it does not happen. Some, it takes some people 30, 40, 50 years to mature in Christ, right? I'm looking over you right now so I don't make eye contact with anybody. <laughs> it's like, I do know this is not the time I want to make eye contact with somebody. We, we have to mature and the way we mature is twofold. The first one, I already hit on it, is just be humble servants of the Lord. Just, just walk in true humility. All right, Lord, I, like, it's okay to say, man, I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's, what's right or wrong. I know what the Bible says, and so I'm going to start there. That's a good starting place, right? And we've been doing it through this whole thing. Like, okay, so like, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's a really good starting place. Don't judge. Uh, Jesus said that. I've been really paying attention to what Jesus says. Like, I like Paul, and I like Moses, and I like John. I like the books of the Bible, but I don't really pay attention to what Jesus has to say, all right? And Jesus says, don't judge, so I'm not going to judge. Jesus says, love your neighbor. He's quoting out of Levit Leviticus, by the way, and Exodus. So I'm going to love my neighbor. And so then, all right, I'm gonna, uh, that's a good starting point. So now, now what do, we, what do we look like, what does it look like when Jesus shows up on the scene and like he's ready to start his ministry? 
Let's go to Isaiah, the 11th chapter, verses 1, 2, and 3. There's a, this is prophetic. So this is Isaiah prophesying how Jesus is going to be able to handle some of the situations that we should be able to. Because again, up until this point, my, my theology is he's pretty much just all man. Like he's God, he's, he's not, he was not born into original sin, he's got the Father's bloodline, so don't, you know, hear me correct, he, he's special, but he doesn't have uh, the power probably that maybe we see as he starts to do these miracles. And so, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, this talking about Jesus coming out of David's line, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And then this, so there's a sevenfold understanding of the Holy Spirit and how we should walk in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord, that's one, shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom, two. Understanding, three. Counsel, four. Might, five. Knowledge, six. And the fear of the Lord, seven. And then verse three, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Catch that for a second. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, a humble reverence of God. And sometimes if we're not careful, when we walk through life, we start to, don't we, a little bit like, you're not going to tell me to do that. I'm just, I'm, I, you're not, I'm not going to be run by that, or I'm not going to do that. And, and I do it in my car sometimes. I, I, you pray for me because every now and then, it, I, I don't obey every stoplight. <laughs> I'm really, I'm praying hard against that spirit of rebellion. <laughs> but listen, we do that sometimes in the church. And we, we, whenever we do that, we make whatever we're trying to oppose an actual demigod. So we, we, put, we make that thing, entity, person, we actually make that a thing that lords over us whenever we feel like we have to fight that. God will fight your battles. All I did was praise him. All I did was worship. When we understand all I got to do is praise and worship, that the battle's really not yours. The enemy, the true enemy, is already under your feet. The true enemy is not red or blue, left or right. The true enemy is the one who has a resting place in hell forever. That's the true enemy here, okay? So it's a trick of the enemy. Paul says, give the devil no place. It's a trick of the enemy to bring division into the United States of America or to churches around the globe or to people in your neighborhood or maybe even people in your home. It's a trick of the enemy. We open the door if we start to work in, in uh, uh, discord. Are you with me? Now, we see Jesus is prophesied. He's going to have these seven attributes of the Holy Spirit. So now let's go to Luke. Well, let's don't, let's don't go there yet. Just, just wait on that. Because so, I'll give you a couple of scriptures before then. So John... Uh, the book of John talks about John the Baptist, not the same person. This is John, the beloved, who's writing it. Maybe theologians say a second or third cousin, possibly, of Jesus over on Mary's side. We know John the Baptist is probably a second or so cousin as well, but Mary's side, but on the opposite side of Mary's family. So there's kind of all interrelated a little bit, according to most theologians that, that I read. And, and that's neither here nor there, but John 
John the Baptist, he shows up and he's preaching, and they think like this is Elijah reincarnate, and they can they can actually handle that. Describes the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, the religious cult of the day, but they don't accept Jesus when he shows up because he's just the carpenter's son. He's just like man, he was born in Bethlehem. He's out of Nazareth. This is like he's he's not he's not our our type of clientele. And so then John says, no, this is Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. And half the people are bowing. The other half of people are saying, where? Because it's all about a political power. The Romans have rule. The Sanhedrin have their, have their rule over the, the Jews and over Israel. And there's a power struggle going on, much like there is in most uh, political persuasions around the globe today. There's always a, a power struggle that goes on because it's always about money or power. But God says, let it be about him and he'll take care of everything else. That was a great place to say, amen, pastor, or preach. Why? Because it's truth. As a Christ follower, our whole idea should be, I'm going to walk in humility so I can understand the power that Jesus displayed. Why? Because he was super humble. Because he was super humble, he allowed him. So then the heavens open, right? So Jesus gets baptized by John. The heavens open, and the voice of the heavens say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Well pleased, okay? Ruach, my spirit now goes in him. My spirit of creativity, my spirit of sustainability, my spirit of power now goes in him. That Ruach, that Hebrew word that now Jesus is filled from that moment on, theologians tell us, and I agree, I believe. So now he's water baptized, but that was simply out of obedience. Now his father said, this is my beloved son, Ruach. Now he's baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now there's a different form of Jesus. So hear me, because before, not that there wasn't, I mean, he walked it, he lived it, he was the real deal, he was all God, all man, but now he's been given this power that Isaiah speaks of. He's been given the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He's been given wisdom and counsel and might and fear of God. He's been given the power of the Holy Spirit. He's been given this, 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 this ordained uh, sense, if you will, where his father smiles down upon him. Because when they were in the temple when Jesus was 12, and the father presents the child, they wouldn't accept Jesus as Joseph's son because Mary kept saying, no, this is God's. Well, he couldn't say that at 12, this is my beloved son. So now God shows up on the scene when Jesus is 30 and says, this is my beloved son of whom I am well pleased. And he fills him with the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like that. Now, you could have that same Holy Spirit. And that's the amazing thing. That's the thing that we kind of leave off. That's the thing that we sometimes tend to forget is that, wait a second, Jesus, yes, he was all God, had no sin in his life, had the perfect blood from the Father, lived a perfect sinless life. But the first thing that he's told to do after he's filled with the Holy Spirit is fast for 40 days, and then he was going to be tempted in the wilderness. Why? So that he could understand what you go through when you get tempted. He had to walk through that realm. He had to forgive when he was on the cross. Why? So that he knows what it's like to forgive because we're forgiven and we are expected to forgive as well. 
So now Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 18 and 19, says this is Jesus speaking in the temple. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because what? He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. By the way, this is the work of the church, proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed. Verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Everybody say favor. I mean, if you want, just say favor one more time. Favor. I want God's favor in our lives. And Jesus here is declaring, now the spirit of the Lord has come upon me. It's Isaiah 61. Isaiah again prophesied. He prophesied in 11 what, what was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he prophesied in 61. This man is coming, and when he comes, he's going to come as a dynamo. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to undo him. Now we know that God promised Jesus, and Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is promised for the church for such a time as this. Why? So that we can use the Holy Spirit to preach Jesus so that Jesus can bring people back to God. That's important to know. That is what the church is about. And I think the enemy gets us caught up in certain different things. Now, listen, I think that we need to be careful. We need to, we need to understand and look out for people who are maybe walking through social injustices. We need, to, we need to get out in America because it's all right and vote in November. You need to, but, but... Whatever happens, whoever God, if that's how you look at it, God puts in office, whoever accumulates the right vote, you need to pray for that person for godly wisdom so that America doesn't go any worse than it's going. That's red or blue, that's right or left. I choose to be up in purple because that's God. So now let's go over to Acts. I think it's the 10th chapter, verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth. Don't you know Peter liked to open his mouth? Like, you, you know some people who just like to hear themselves talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're out there. They're like they, they, made that, they have a comment on everything, an opinion about everything, and there's only one opinion that matters, right? That was Peter. But, but Peter's, right now Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone who fears him does what is right and acceptable to him. Now, go back there one more time. We've got to read it one more time. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Are you with me on that one, right? So he's talking about Christ's followers. Okay, verse number 36. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. That's the story I just told you about, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to walk on this earth, don't you think we need the Holy Spirit as well? We, why not have that same power that Jesus walked in? He's given us access to it. He's given us the ability to ask for the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Holy Spirit. And let me, let me say this, because I've searched the Scriptures. I've searched the Scriptures hard, 
and I, I understand our, our doctrine of faith. We have 16 tenets of faith. We've kind of narrowed down to eight, but we, without losing any, we, we can solve it. But my understanding of the scriptures, Jesus never spoke in tongues. Now, I speak in tongues. I have a prayer language. I pray nearly every day in my prayer language. So, so I'm not against speaking in tongues. But speaking in tongues doesn't necessarily make you full of the Holy Spirit if you're arrogant about it. If you point fingers and say, I got something you don't, shame on you. You should allow God to walk with you with wisdom and knowledge, understanding and counsel and mind and fear and the power of God so that when you do speak in a prayer language, you do it humbly before God so that God knows you're a righteous vessel wanting to be used of him, not a show-off running around the church yelling at the top of your lungs. Make sense? All right. Nobody's walking out yet. Praise God. (laughs) He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, Peter is saying to the church, listen, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. He anointed the Jews with the Holy Spirit. Now he's anointing the Gentiles with the Holy Spirit. And that's how I know that they're saved because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. This is Peter talking. I'm paraphrasing. But the Holy Spirit that God has given to the church, we need to start using it. It's kind of like use it or lose it, right? Well, why, why not if we have access to God, if we have access to this throne room of grace, we readily accept grace, then we should readily accept what God has for us by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you need wisdom, ask God for wisdom. If you need understanding, ask God for understanding. If you need knowledge, ask God for knowledge. And then that word might is power. Well, now you say, okay, Mark, but, you know, Jesus was the Son of God. All right, and I would say John 1 and 12 says that as many as have received him, to them he gives the power, the right, and the authority to become sons of God. So now you've been given the same thing. You are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You are an adopted son or daughter of the Lord. You have been, so now you have access to, now, I don't want to mess up your theology, but I feel like if Jesus had to learn, you know, math, if he had to learn Aramaic, if he had to learn obedience, if he had to learn, you know, the, the read the scriptures and memorize them as the young Jewish boys had to, if he would have learned those things and then he shows up on the scene and boom, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I think he probably had the fullness of the Holy Spirit, so I'm sure there was more power there, but... He did say, more works would you do than he did. Church, have we, have we relinquished our power? Have we relinquished our power of the Holy Spirit by interpretive truths? Well, you don't speak in tongues so you don't have the Holy Spirit, or you do this, so you do that. And I know people that are probably more spirit-filled than some people who do speak in tongues just because they have a humble lifestyle full of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And they truly operate in the power. But what I'm saying is, let's not get caught up in the left, right, red, blue. Let's go up in purple rather than go down and out so that we can understand, God, I want the power that you can give me. 
I want all the power. Not, not, again, not so that I can misuse it, but so that I can walk humbly in the spirit and say, Lord, can we just, listen, can we just be used of you? And, there's, and it's, a different, it's a different day and age. It's a, it's a really weird day and age because there's uh, so much things going on. And should I believe what I read or should I believe what I hear? Are they tell me, what is that true? So, so here's the deal. You may believe it all. You may not believe any of it. But what you need to do is settle on God's word and say, okay, God, it's in you whom I trust. It's in you whom I bank my knowledge. It's in you whom I understand the right from wrong. It's in you, Father, that I'm going to walk through this thing. It's in you, Lord. So, so hear me. Because there may come a day where you're tried, where maybe, you know, maybe someone is sick unto death. Maybe something horrible happens in, in your life or in your family. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's just you lost a job, you lost your family, you lost your home. You lost, but you can never lose Jesus if you don't want to. And you can never lose the power of the Holy Spirit. But there might be a time where, okay, these things are happening. Lord, I, I bank my trust on you. I told a story years ago about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know the story. If you've been in church any length of time or in Sunday school, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they get tossed into the fiery furnace, right? Are you with it? How many knows that story? Daniel, the third chapter. It's a cool story. I preached, and my wife got so mad at me. I said, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't go into the fiery furnace. You're a heretic. My own wife called me a heretic. You're a heretic. And some of you are thinking that right now. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not go into the fiery furnace. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael did. Why do I say that? Because that was their Hebrew name. Come on back, worship team. That was their identity of who they were in God. Now hear me, because this is really important. Whatever the world calls you or whatever the world tries to uh, persuade you or however the world wants to dictate or control you, because that's generally speaking all about power and wealth and all the things that, that we, we all don't want or have because we want God to have all the power and all the wealth. When we understand that our identity now is found in Christ Jesus, then when he looked in the fire, Nebuchadnezzar, he saw that other one, and that one was likened unto what? The Son of God. So he has apparently a prophetic vision of even the Son of God while he's, while he's looking at the, he's, those three. They're not burning. They're not, they don't smell like smoke. What's going on? Well, there's, there's a prophetic prophecy there of what God wants to lead us through when we go through the fire in our life, when we go through things that we just, we didn't sign up for, we didn't plan on, we don't understand. God's right there with the power of the Holy Spirit saying, wait, son or daughter, you can do it. Son or daughter, you can go through it. There's another in the fire with you. There's another person there. And right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that, that rose Christ from the dead, he lives within you right now. Now, we we believe that the Holy Spirit is subsequent after salvation. 
So the Spirit of God comes in you at salvation, but after you become a Christ follower, you can ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you. And I would do this. I would ask for the Holy Spirit to fill me every day because there's so much of the Holy Spirit that you can get that you can't contain all of him. You just get more and more and more and more and more. I want you to stand with me right where you're at this morning, if you would. As we get ready to close, we're going to sing a song. There's another in the fire. Maybe, maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're here today. And you feel like you've been going through this thing alone. One, I believe that's prophetic, the song they're going to sing. There's another in the fire with you today. There's another one that's walking with you. He knows what you're going through. And two, you can be baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We call it Pentecost because it happened on the day of Pentecost. At Pentecost, they spoke in different tongues. So we know that's a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. We understand that. We get it. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, that you won't speak in tongues. You can speak in tongues all you want. What I am saying, though, is just like Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to be filled with wisdom. We need to be filled with knowledge. We need to be filled with understanding. We need to be filled with counsel. We need to be filled with the power of God. And we need to be filled with the reverential fear of God so that we don't start taking sides and so that we walk humbly before the Lord. So bow your heads. Close your eyes just for a second. We're watching online. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. If you need the Holy Spirit and you're a Christ follower, just simply ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He will. Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Just fill me full. Just fill me and fill me and fill me and fill me full. 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 And if you're here today and you're walking through something that seems unbearable, and I, I don't ever do this, but I'm going to do it today. I don't know if he's watching or not, but I have a brother-in-law named Junior. And Junior, I just have a word for you from God today. There's another in the fire with you. There's, there's one that wants to walk alongside of you. I don't know what you might be going through. I don't certainly want to prophesy anything over you. But maybe that's you today here in our church. Maybe you just need to know there's another in the fire with you. There's someone walking through this with you. The power of the Holy Spirit will not let you down. He'll give you what you need for a time that you need it. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for our great people. Lord, those watching, those, Father, Lord, here in in-house, I pray, Lord, that you meet their needs. Fill them full of the Holy Spirit. Lord, change their lives, Lord, that, Lord, we don't fall into the trap of society. We don't fall into the trap, Lord, of, of today. But we look, Father, Lord, up into the heaven, Lord, where our help comes from. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing this song together.
old song, but right there where it says, I'll count the joy, come every battle. A lot of people are going through battles. My sister being one of them who texted me as I was sitting there, as pastor had just said, can I just give a word to my brother-in-law who she sent me this very lengthy message that she just needs some prayer right now because a situation just came up and as they were watching and um, to say she's gone through battles would be putting it very lightly, both of them. But I'll count the joy come every battle. And in your situation, in my situation, and in, in every situation, if we can say, you know what, I'm going to find joy in this battle and the Holy Spirit that Pastor preached about, the power, the dynamite, the paraclete, the person that God sent to come along and help us and be there when we got to go through something that is so, so, so much bigger than our hearts can handle, our minds can handle, our physical bodies can handle. We can say, you know what, the Holy Spirit's going with me through this, and that's the only way I will ever get through this trial. But I'll count the joy come every battle, because the Holy Spirit is my power, and he's taken me through this. So that word is is not just for my sister Denise and, and her husband, but I believe it's for many here in our sanctuary and many that are watching online that word today, that the battle that you're going through, you're not going through it alone. You have the power of the Holy Spirit that is going to take you through this if we choose to allow him to come alongside and help us. We allow the Holy Spirit to say, okay, I can't do this on my own, but I know I can do it with you and me together. Amen? So we can do that. So I'll count the joy come every battle because I know you're with me and I am not alone. Amen? So Father, we love you and we thank you for that amazing word today. I just pray that your peace that passeth all understanding every situation, the peace that the Holy Spirit brings can come into every room watching right now, into every home, into every circumstance, every hard situation, and even decisions that are being made. We just say, Holy Spirit, you be our teacher. Holy Spirit, you be our voice. Holy Spirit, you be the power that brings wisdom, that brings knowledge, that brings understanding to every situation. Holy Spirit, that is away from you or the person maybe that is making the wrong decisions to do wrong things the bible says they don't come lest the spirit draw them so we say come holy spirit and draw those people draw them by the power that you've given to us to make right choices right decisions right peace to pass every situation we love you and we bless you and we thank you that you are such a good good father that you would give Jesus and you would give the Holy Spirit and the power of it. We choose to walk in it and we love you so much in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You receive that word today. Y'all have an awesome day and we will see you soon. We love you. For joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv/give or by downloading the app and select give. 
We can't wait to see you next week.